Would you stand with me and turn in your scriptures? It is good to see Sister Patricia Powell. First Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love I am nothing if I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love I gain nothing love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, or King James says darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of the three is love, the love system. You may have your seats. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we take our seats in your presence, we thank you for the living, written, spoken word of God. Our minds are clear. Our ears 
are open. Our hearts are fixed. Change us into the love agents that you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus, our Christ, we pray and we praise you. The people of God said, Amen. Amen. Um, we praise God for our music ministry, our hospitality ministry, our dance ministry, media, deacons and deaconess. Um, Martin King, Jr., who, by the way, as a, thank you, as a Black History Month fun fact, was born with the name Michael King, Jr., named after his father, Michael King Sr. The senior had an experience where he went to Europe and got exposed to the father of Reformation, namely Martin Luther, and was so moved and impacted that he when he returned to America, to Atlanta, he decided to change his name to, uh, to fit within the ideology and the theology of his new hero, Martin Luther. And because he sensed that his son, had a special anointing. Uh, he also named his son, who was perhaps about five years old or so, and gave him the name Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, it, is, it is interesting because I'm not suggesting all of us should change our names. But when you have had an encounter with God, something ought to be drastically changed. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish between the unsaved us and the saved us. I mean, what's really different about you since you came to Jesus? Whether you came to Jesus yesterday, last month, last year, 45 years ago, or whatever. What's different about you? What's, what's, what's different? What's different? Um, whatever else Jesus was about, it could all be summarized in my 
humble opinion. It could be summarized with the word or by the word love. For everything he did was out of and because of love. His obedience to his father was because of love. Because Jesus says that if you love me, then you do what? You keep my commandments. You do what I tell you. You don't have to like what I tell you. Just do what I tell you. And Jesus did what his father told him. Thus, Jesus expected those of us who say we love him to keep his commandments. The Bible also indicates that, I believe 1 John speaks to the fact that God is love. Love was not just something that God did. Love is who God is. And who we are ultimately reflects in what we do. Now, that works many different ways. Because the real me will always show up, not in my, my words merely, but in my actions. How I treat you is an indication of who I am. And if who I am has been converted and is being transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, then my actions ought always be laced with love. I don't always hit the goal. I don't always... I don't, always, I don't always hit the mark. I come short. And, uh, and, uh, and when and where I have come short, let me quickly, publicly apologize. If I've ever shown you something other than love, if I've ever been anything less than loving, I want to apologize for that. And, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, <laughs> we are the only ones, that is, humans, that have to apologize. No, nowhere in the Bible does Jesus ever apologize. You know why? Because he never did anything wrong. He never did anything less than loving. But I, I, I have to apologize. I have to do it often. And so, so as I read this 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, which, by the way, when, when, I, when I was a kid growing up in the Pure Light Baptist Church, I'm sorry, Pure Light Missionary Baptist Church of the Fifth Ward section of Houston, Texas, um, our, under my grandfather's leadership, our deacons every Sunday without fail during the benevolent offering period, the deacons would come up in front of the, 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 the altar and either read or recite 1 Corinthians 13. And, uh, and, uh, and I believe one of the reasons why they read that particular passage, this chapter that we're studying this morning, is because 
not so much that they thought in terms of love, but because in the King James Version, love is translated or agape is translated into English as charity. Anybody got King James Version right now? Yeah. It, it says charity. Uh, and, and so from that word, charity, I believe, I was, I was too ignorant enough to even ponder the question back then, but I have to look back with some sort of, of conjecture and believe that when they saw chapter in the passage, a uh, chapter, charity in the passage, they knew that this offering was to show charity to those who are less fortunate, whether within or without the church. The point being uh, is uh, they may not have ever connected the word charity with the word love, but they knew uh, that because they were connected to Christ, uh, they needed to demonstrate some Christ-like, uh, 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 Christ-like characteristics uh, to those uh, that they were called to serve. So now what I want us to do in this passage this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is because God is love, thereby Jesus is love, that everywhere you see love in the passage, uh, if you write in your Bible or if you just keep a mental Rolodex, uh, because most of us are on some sort of digital device nowadays, uh, but I want you to think when you see love, replace the word love with Jesus. And I want us to see if that adds any flavor to the pa- I'm not I'm not practicing eisegesis now. I'm not I'm not trying to read into the text. I am simply uh, uh, considering the body of the scriptures, and uh, and wherever uh, love is, at least agape love, um, God is. And wherever God is, his son, Jesus Christ, is. So, so, so let me reread the passage for you. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not Jesus, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not Jesus, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not Jesus, I gain nothing. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on its own way. Jesus is not irritable or resentful. Jesus does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, 
but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and Jesus abide, these three. But the, but the greatest of these, I thought y'all were going to help me fill in the blank. But the greatest of these is Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So Sunday, we looked at, last Sunday, we looked at verses 1 through 3 and discussed how uh, if I have these, these great spiritual gifts, these great spiritual insights, if, 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 I, if I go around and I'm speaking in tongues, if I go around and I am prophesying and I am imparting and I am delivering uh, the word of God and, and, and involved and engaged in the work of God, but if I don't have Jesus, You remember when Jesus gave this parable in Matthew 7, and uh, I believe that's where it was, and, and, and he said that, 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 that no, there's another parable. At any rate, the point is, you know, in the Bible it says that, um, that, that these people, uh, when it was time for, 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 for them to die, essentially, and when the, when the bridegroom came and all of that, um, and, and, and they couldn't get into, into, into heaven. And they said, but, but hold on, but hold on. We've prophesied in your name. We've done all these great works in your name. We've done all these things for you in your name. And then the response was, <laughs> I never knew you. It has been said that one of the worst things one can do in life is to climb the ladder of success. We know about the ladder of success, right? Well, we, we're trying to get to know it. The ladder of success. And you climb it and you climb it and you do it all you have, whatever you have to do. But, but when you get to the top, the tragedy is to discover that your ladder is leaning on the wrong building. This text says to us that if you've been serving the Lord for lo these many years, but you've been serving without love, you've been serving without Jesus, then everything you have done, he describes it, uh, uh, results in, one, uh, you just making noise, two, uh, you are really nothing. Uh, three, uh, it has gained you nothing. Climbing the ladder of success. You, 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 you join the church whenever you join, and you, you worked your way up to being, you know, senior usher and, uh, and, and president of the, of, the, of, the, of the board and wherever that exists, and, 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 and then head deacon. And uh, and uh, senior pastor, 
and uh, minister of music and, 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 and any other title you want to name, but, but you've been doing what you've been doing not out of love, but for some other reason and with some other motive. Jesus says, or Paul says, you're just making noise, man. You, 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 you are really saying nothing, talking loud. You are really nothing. That, that sounds pretty harsh to me. But, but notice how Paul phrases the, 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 the argument. Paul says, though I or if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and if I do this, that, the other, and if I. And the reason why he is personalizing it is because he understands his audience. His audience is the church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth had relationships with the Lord, but uh, they were as carnal as carnal could be. Carnal simply means they operated in the flesh, not according to the spirit. And let me just throw this, throw this in parenthetically. The Corinthians are not the only ones that operate in the flesh rather than the spirit. Um, and, and, and so because they were so carnal, Paul knew that they were not spiritually mature enough to hear the critique that he was really communicating. And so Paul kind of like put, did a Jedi mind trick on them and said, nah, they can't handle it if I tell them they are the, but let me put it on me. And he, so, he's, so he personifies it and he says, if I do this, if I do that, if I do this and without love, I am a noisy symbol, I am nothing, I have gained nothing. Well, that really should have brought a great deal of conviction to the people because the people knew Paul. And they knew that, that he was a loving leader. And so they had to have said to themselves, now, if Paul feels this way about himself, I'm surely messed up. So, so, so we looked at those verses last week, but today I want to look at the next section here, beginning in verse 4. And in verse 4, Paul says, love, or Jesus, is patient and kind. I could really give a benediction right here. Love is patient and kind. You know where I have heard some of the worst talking to? I want y'all to guess. In the church. You know where I've seen some of the most abusive language, and or dispositions, 
not in the club. As I remember the club, you know, I, rec I, re I recall people were being relatively nice. I mean, you know, until they got full of the spirits. You don't want to step on the wrong foot when the when the when the wrong when the when the other spirits are but my point is when we come to the church we somehow believe that this is the counterculture that that whatever we experienced out there right we don't expect to experience that in here and yet in here, and I'm, I'm not specifically talking about this space, but any space where the saints gather, we expect to be treated with, with love, with kindness, with patience. But we can be the most impatient people what 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 Paul is philosophically arguing is that is that what Jesus, when there is an authentic relationship with him, Jesus through his word, by his spirit, is seeking to get us to put our favorite person on the back burner. You know who our favorite person is? First of all, don't you dare say the Lord. There's a person that we favor more than the Lord. And that person is me. I'm not talking about I'm your favorite person. I'm talking about we are our own favorite people. And you know how you know that? Because we are the ones that we want to please the most. In any and every scenario, if, if, if my agenda if, if my feelings, if my preferences are not met, y'all are all wrong. And so, and so while, and, and I thought, while, just go back to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, going into the wilderness, it took, it took 40 years to get the children of Israel out of the promised land. I mean, out of the uh, wilderness into the promised land. 40 years, which should have taken no more than 11 days. And the reality is, is that 
<laughs> this 11-day journey, which, which turned into 40 years, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is it took 40 years to get most of the hell out of Israel. And even then, how long have you been a believer? Because from that moment until today, God has been trying to get the hell out of you and me. He's trying to get a mindset of selfishness out of me. He's trying, I'm trying to do like Paul now, I'm talking about me, but I'm really talking about you. He try, he's trying to get every ungodly thought, word, and deed out of me. And it takes a lifetime. And though it takes a lifetime, it doesn't have to take a lifetime. Okay, but, here, but, but, but let's go back because I, really, I want us to really embrace these, these concepts. He says, first of all, love is, come on, say it with me, y'all, patient. Patient. My, um, I come from a family with a nickname. I've had several. Uh, downtown, some of them. Uh, that's just the one I like the best. But look, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, her born name was Otelia. She's from Louisiana. And uh, so that was her name, Otelia. But by the time I was on the scene, they had begun to call her patient. Patience, I guess, but you know, we, we just, they, people just said patient. I don't know how she got that name. No doubt she loved the Lord, loved the family. But when I was a kid, it was rough on your boy. I did, you know, cause anyway, so, so I'm simply saying that this idea of patience, patience is, is, is extending to others, um, Grace to grow. Well, that's what patience is. It's extending to others grace to grow. And, and you know, when we become impatient with people, what we're really saying is, is that um, by now you ought to be able to do this better. According to my timetable, 
But have you ever noticed how patient God is? Oh, come on now. That Look, if we could shout over what we've been hearing about and singing about, how can we not shout about the fact that, and I would not have to raise my voice or break a sweat. How can we not praise God because of how patient he has been toward us? Because, look, we know better by now. Okay, y'all, you got your mind on the game. Okay, I got two minutes. Patient. Patient. Love is patient. If love is patient, then anytime I demonstrate impatience, I am sending the wrong message about Jesus Christ. If I get frustrated with you, I already apologize, Abner. If I get impatient with you, if, 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 if I get upset because you do the wrong thing or, or don't do the right thing or don't do it the way I like it, then I really am demonstrating uh, that this Jesus that I proclaim and profess uh, is, is not doing anything for me. I cannot treat you uh, with hostility or with impatience uh, and at the same time declare that I'm a child of the Lord. If I am a child of God, I wish, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to close. If I'm a child of God, then uh, I've got to go maybe to the extreme of what patience looks like. Have you ever seen a, 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 a really patient mother? Anybody ever seen a really patient mother? And a, a story is told about a mother who was so patient with her, her son, and her son kept on getting in trouble and, and, and kept on doing the wrong thing, and, and she kept on being right there for her boy, kept on blessing him and kept on helping him and, and bailing him out of jail and going to rehab and all that kind of stuff. And, and finally one day one of her friends said, Child, if that was my son, I wouldn't do none of the stuff you've been doing. To which that mother said, well, if he was your son, I wouldn't be doing it either. But that's my son. And, 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 and what I've sought to do since I've been pastor of you both is to get us to recognize that because we profess to be believers in Jesus Christ, we then have to believe in one another. I can't love Jesus if I don't love the people Jesus loved. So family, I'm about to get kicked out of here. But I want you to take one thing with you. That 
because you are assuming you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, just because you know a person's name does not a relationship make. Let's go back to basics right quick. Just because I know the name Barack Obama, I know the name of Martin Luther King. I know the name of a bunch of folk that I have never met, let alone have a personal relationship with. So if I say I know Barack Obama, I'm really saying I have heard of. I think many of us, certainly some of us, have heard the name of Jesus perhaps all of our lives, but we don't really know him. And, and look, and look, that's not a judgment. This same Paul, one of his letters called Philippians, down around chapter 3, down around verse 10, Paul says, after having written so many of the New Testament letters. Paul says, I want to know him. Power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his son. The point is, is that no matter how much you know him, <laughs> there's still so much more to know. There's still so much further to grow. There's still so much further to go. So, so don't ever believe you've got a monopoly uh, on uh, knowing God. The, let me tell you how you get to know him better. By hearing his word and doing his word. You ain't got to be fancy with it. You, ain't got to, you, ain't got to, you don't have to have the latest Jesus stuff on you. Just study his word consistently. And do his work consistently. And you will discover that you will begin to know him more than you ever realized. And the awesome thing about him is the more you know, the more he reveals. And as you keep going in his direction, you get to learn more and more. But you don't get there being lazy. You don't get there having to have your own way. Jesus and me can't sit on the throne. There's only room for him. Some of us have to challenge ourselves. Ask, ask myself, Terry Brown, who's sitting on the throne of my life? Because if I'm sitting on the throne of my life, then I'm going to do what I want, how I like it, when I want to do it, so on and so forth. But when Jesus is sitting on the throne of my life, I, I serve at the pleasure of the king. And where he leads me, I follow. Where he teaches me, I learn. Where, what he challenges me to do, I acquiesce to his will. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I don't like 
loving people I don't like. I'm going to say, wait a minute. Her? Him? I'm closing with this statement. Last night, I have a prayer call every Saturday night with pastors kind of around the country. And one of my prayer partners said this. This is after, after we had been talking and chopping it up for a while. He said, you know, um, this just came to me. He said, when we pray, we want, he said, no, we expect God to hear us, to listen to us. And that's true of all of us, right? When we pray, we're praying because we're expecting God to hear us. He said, but then, and this would nail me to the cross. He said, but then I won't listen to him. I'm going to just leave that right there. Because you either got it or you didn't. I'm trying, I'm trying to be patient, but we want him to listen to us. But we don't want to listen to him. If we're going to become what he has called, created, saved us to be, we got to learn to listen to him. Come on, let's stand together. We tried to get you out real early so you can get to your to Vegas or wherever you're going. There's a game happening today around 3.30 our time called the Super Bowl. There are two teams playing, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. One of those teams will win. One of those teams will lose. Regardless who wins, regardless of who loses, our eternal destiny won't be impacted one bit. There's another team. It is headed by the only general that declared that the victory was won before the battle had been fought. His name is Jesus. He doesn't need anybody, but he wants everybody. I'm on his team. I joined when I was about 22 years old. And I don't know if you're on his team or not. But you need to know that there is only one real winning team. That's Team Jesus. There is room for you on this team. You don't have to try out. <laughs> it doesn't matter how fast you run. It doesn't matter how what kind of cheerleader you look like in your outfit. All you've got to do <laughs> is... Uh, 
is come to him. It's his team. He wants you. So the only reason why you're not on his team is that you're choosing not to be. If you want to be on team Jesus, you can make that choice right now today and leave here with a new team. And here's the beauty of it. You got some teammates, you'll have some teammates right here today automatically who already love you, who already uh, want to help you uh, to be the best teammate you can be as we strive to be the best teammate we can be. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise today. God bless y'all. Thank you. I bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may his face shine upon you. May his peace reside within you. May his purpose take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Go now and represent Jesus Christ. Go in grace, go in peace is our prayer. You are dismissed. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.